Good morning and welcome to Rollins Around Town. My name is Sam Stark and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. My role allows me to engage in the Central Florida community on many levels and it is my responsibility to help connect the dots between the college and the community at large. The dots I refer to are opportunities for college stakeholders, faculty, staff, and students to have access to leaders and professionals in our region. This helps Rollins deliver on our mission while also uplifting the brand of the college throughout Central Florida. So this show will showcase the connections between Rollins and the Central Florida community. We will introduce the college to important community leaders and share the impact Rollins has throughout town. Guests will come from outside of the college as well as feature our very own faculty, staff, and students. The goal of the show and these interviews is to show the role, the important role, Rollins plays in town and how important the college is to our region. So thank you for joining me this morning, and it is my pleasure to welcome a friend and colleague, Reverend Katrina Jenkins. Welcome to the show, Katrina, and thank you for joining me this morning. Hi, Sam. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Katrina, we're not doing, you know, the deep dives into everyone's bio. We're just sort of asking you to tell your story a little bit and, and answer some questions along the way. So if you're okay with that, we'll, we'll get started. And just share with us where you're from and um, maybe where you grew up. I grew up in Stratford, Connecticut. Um, about it's a it's a town of sixty thousand now. So, and it's on the coast of Connecticut, um, hour away from New York City, about three from Boston, and uh, so that's how I grew up. Regular family, yeah, I enjoyed it. And where did you go to college? Syracuse University. Okay, what what attracted you to Syracuse? I wanted to be a dual major in communications and business. And that didn't quite happen. <laughs> I ended up having a communications degree and a minor in marketing. So Close. <laughs> yeah, very close, very close. But I, I did, you know, quite a bit on campus with that. So So what was your college experience life like? You know what? It's, it was really good. Um, I love Syracuse. I lead orange and blue, so go orange. <laughs> Um, I'm an orange woman to Hilt. It was, you know what, I made a lot of great friends. I was very, very involved on campus. Um, you know, it, it was just a really good four years for me. I had to grow a lot. I had to find my voice. Um, Syracuse at that time was 21,000 students. Um, so you really had to learn how to be an advocate for yourself, um, especially in your majors and everything. So... Yeah. What do you remember most? I mean, what what was the most valuable lesson you learned? I mean, was it just some of that sort of self-growth? It was self-growth, how to navigate mm -hmm. um, and and everything. I had a really interesting thing. So my part of my my feet, one foot was in the business kind of marketing side. So always negotiating that. I had a business on campus um, where I did marketing plans for small business, a partnership with a, a person. You know, and I learned how to have varied jobs, um, and so I worked in healthcare, and I worked. I did a uh, a study with a judge, you know, looking at court cases before they they went to see if people would settle. Um, I took everything from racquetball to tennis <laughs> um, to wine tasting, believe it or not, which is my hardest class. <laughs> Fantastic. So, but I, I really had a broad experience, and I enjoyed that. Um, and, it, and I think one of my prouder moments is we had a, a great group called University 100, which was out of our admissions, mm -hmm. and only 100 students got selected. 
Um, so we did tours. We were the ambassadors on campus. So I got to meet a lot of interesting people. And oh, the sports didn't didn't hurt it either. Right. I'm a big football and basketball fan. You had some good basketball years. Yes, I did. And um, I played in pet fans. So the first two years I got in for free. I love it. You and, had a great, uh, diverse experience. Yeah, it was wonderful. So you graduated and then what? Uh, I went into pharmaceutical sales. <laughs> I worked for Merck. Um, right. They called me, uh, people would call me the legal drug lady. Um, I would go into places, yes, I, I had six products, everything from um, cholesterol to glaucoma <laughs> to osteoporosis to high blood pressure. Fantastic. So, yeah, it was a great experience. And so obviously you're the dean of the chapel here at Rollins yes. and the director of residential and spiritual life. Oh, and yes. so far I've heard nothing that would lead me to believe that you're qualified for that, oh. even though I know you are. So <laughs> what was the transition? In terms of leaving or... Yeah, yeah. going, you know, sort of going from that for-profit sales yes. uh, person uh, into <sighs> being Reverend Katrina Jenkins. You know what? I, I was, after I left pharmaceuticals, I went into managed care and I kind of came to this life kind of thing. I always grew up in church. Um, church was a big foundation. A lot of my friends at school doubled as my church friends. So it was very lively, um, very fun for me and everything. I was one of those geeks who loved church. <laughs> Um, and that always stayed with me. But I came to a crossroads where I kind of felt I was a regional trainer for a managed care company. And I came to a crossroads where I was trying to figure out next steps. And I was very restless and I was trying to, to move up and move out into different companies and nothing was working. And so finally, I remember I had a turning point conversation with my, my mom because I had actually applied to Divinity School Um in, in between, right before I got my job, and uh -huh. I decided, I want to work <laughs> in this industry. And long story short, my mom kept on looking at me, and she's like, well, of course you're unhappy. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're called to be a minister. You know it. And I thought, ah. Oh. Moms are always right. Oh. But I quit my job three months later, and I went to um, seminary and got my master's and uh, really, really enjoyed it. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. Anyone in your family in the ministry? My father almost. It, it's funny. We have a joke. My father in um, college was a um, mathematics and theology major. So we have a joke. He, he never completed um, his studies, but my brother's an engineer and I'm a minister. So we kind of <laughs> joke. We said, well, you got the best of both worlds, whatever Indeed. you wanted. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So Divinity School. And then what, what ultimately brought you to Rollins? Oh, the opportunity. Yeah. Prior to Rollins, I was at a small liberal arts college, Illinois College in Jacksonville. So population of the students there was a little under a thousand. And before that, I was at a business university, um, Bentley University, um, just outside of Boston. So yeah, I was looking for an opportunity to grow and make a difference. Rollins was ready to have um, an interfaith, you know, more expansion interfaith-wise. Um, I saw some good, I saw a good foundation that I felt that I could build upon. Um, so the deans before me really did a good job of establishing. So I wanted to say it, it offered a great opportunity to have a, a deeper, more robust conversation than the other places I had been at. So. Yeah. So explain your role. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I know it's probably not that easy, but um, Dean of the, of the Knowles Memorial Chapel, which is mm -hmm. our iconic uh, structure and, and chapel on mm -hmm. campus, mm -hmm. and then also Director of Religious and Spiritual Life. What oh, does that I, mean? 
Oh, it depends on who you ask and depends on the day. It seems to change, which is the more exciting part. Yeah. Um, I put it in a nutshell that I'm here to be an advocate for students who choose to have a faith or spiritual life, and that includes also faculty and staff because they're always in the equation wherever I go. Yeah. Um, and to be able to expand their horizons, you know, Rollins is always talking about global citizenship. And so I say to my parents of students who are coming in, by the time they leave, I want them to feel comfortable being in different religious and spiritual realms where it's not a shocking experience. And to be able to not only grow if you want to in your own faith, um, but also to explore others. And a lot of students question. Um, I tell students, it, it's, it's an interesting thing, when I went to college, I wasn't as active in spiritual life. I did a Bible study, I was in a Bible study, but I remember my dean coming after me and saying, hey, are you interested in this? And I just couldn't find a church my first two years that I loved. And so I opted not to go. Chapel wasn't quite what I, I was used to. I'm a Baptist, so um, a little bit quieter, no offense. And uh, yeah, so I understand that students are asking questions because I was at that point and um, just allowing them to be and to grow. Um, and also a lot of folks though, who come to the, my office aren't necessarily religious or spiritual. Yeah. We try to do hospitality and extend hospitality to students. So we have a lounge and a kitchen. And so we've, I put a Keurig in there and <laughs> just basically said, come by for free coffee and tea. So it's about being an ex hospitable. It's about allowing students to ask the harder questions. It's about allowing them to work it out. Um, sometimes I do all kinds of things like mediation. I'm a mediator, actually. I got trained in Boston for that. Um, and, and so sometimes it's just different things. Every day is different. That's yeah. what makes the job exciting and fresh. I can imagine. For me. The legacy of your role here on campus, you know, my, my memory only goes back to the late 80s, early 90s when I was a student here and mm -hmm. Dean Arnold Wettstein oh, yes. was um, probably one of the more influential people that I, you know, got to know and learn from. I, mm -hmm. I had a couple classes with him. Mm -hmm. He ended up being the uh, faculty advisor for our fraternity. Oh, yes. And so it was fascinating and interesting, particularly for me as a, as a Jewish kid from New Mexico. Yes. <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it was just a very comforting place uh, that the chapel always has been. And the leadership, you uh, especially and included, just makes, uh, I think, that environment really special for our students because it is hard. It is. I think there's this intimidation factor of this iconic and gorgeous chapel and a reverend. And so if you think, well, I'm not part mm -hmm. of her faith, so yes. she, she doesn't care about me, that's that's really the opposite. So uh, a hard a hard role you have, I know. So explain a little bit. You know, it's very student-centric, um, yes. but it's also facility or, or, or chapel-centric. How do you how do you balance the two and kind of what, what, what is specifically your role with managing the chapel? Well, you know, I have a lot of great help with that. So, you know, in terms of managing it, it's always interesting. Um, my school before, I had to, I often laugh because I say everything leads up to this point. So we have a great facilities team, and it's always the, the balance, right, of trying to figure out what's best for the chapel in terms of programming. Um, our, our, um, our folks who do our booking in terms of events management services, so I work really closely to them to make sure the programs are, that are coming in are people that want to come in um, are there yeah. uh, and just 
classes and everything. So that's one thing. There's always a building to worry about. Right. And there's always right. a building to manage. And there are always people to manage. Because <laughs> Knowles is a it's, a, it's a tourist space, too. Sure. I had to get used to that. Um, quite a bit. When I first came here, you see people walking all day through out the chapel. <laughs> I was I was saying, oh, this is much bigger than me. Or I went on the boat tour and the gentleman points out, he said, oh, you must go to Knowles. And I'm sitting there saying, I'm not going to tell you who I am, but thank you. <laughs> right, that's fantastic. But then there's the people, right? And I make it a point, we have classes in there and I make a point to say hello. We have an interfaith room, which is used by our students. So I'm just trying to walk around and to let people know who I am and that you don't have to be afraid um, of even saying hello. I see some folks who pass by students. Sometimes I, I the first year I left my door open, which was a shocker to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would stop, would sometimes go past my office and stop and come back and say, oh, yeah. And um, I would introduce myself. One time I was listening to some music and a student, you know, went past and he came back and he said, wait a minute. And I said, yes, um, we do listen <laughs> to music. Uh, uh, I do love music. Pretty cool if you it, really want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those interesting kinds of things. But just it, there's always having to be a there always has to be a balance. And then with every school, their politics. Right. I mean, this is my third third institution. So um, you always have to do a dance. Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if we didn't put out the shameless plug that if you're a Rollins alum or if you want to get married at Rollins, yes. uh, we have a yes. beautiful chapel and we also have some great venues for, for receptions. We so do. We do. Give us a call post-COVID, of course. Of course. <laughs> are, are there any any historical or just really kind of like wow nuggets about the chapel that, that you can share? Yeah. yeah I, in terms of, to me, it was the quick, one of the quickest build, um, in terms of buildings that came up on campus. Mm. You know, they started in March um, 1931, and it was done by March 1932. So that's my that's joke. That's amazing. That's my joke yeah. that it came up. And I actually have photographs of when it was being built. Um, uh, someone, in terms of really associated with the history of Winter Park, um, was doing a slideshow, and he, he showed the chapel of, of it just coming up. And I thought, wait, that's that's Knowles? And he said, yes. And so I asked for a picture. That's fantastic. So, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful place. It is. How, how does Rollins, you sort of touched on it, uh, maybe that we do it, but can you share maybe a bit more how? How does Rollins deal with religious diversity, and how do we support students of different religious mm-hmm. backgrounds? Well, we do that through programs. And so let me share who we have on campus in terms of our makeup. Um, we have Protestants, Christians, as I said, and Catholic, you know, I, I, I put that all into the Christian realm. We have Buddhists, we have Hindus, uh, we have Muslims. So we have an imam who is the Muslim leader. We have an associate director of Jewish life. We have pagan groups. We have a little bit of everything. So we do that through programming. There are student groups associated with you know, basically each faith. And they meet regularly. They do programs. Uh, they do all kinds of service. So I have chapel services every Sunday at 11. Um, right now, due to COVID, we're, we're closed down a little bit, but we're doing in-service and Zoom, um, a combination of that. So, But it, it's through that. We have, an, we have an interfaith group that we're continuously trying to build, and they do all kinds of programming, inviting people in, speakers. They do movies. 
Um, it's just basically getting people, giving people the opportunity. They've done panels on campus in which we talk about diversity. We also do a lot of behind the scenes kinds of things. For instance, you know, as we attract more of a robust student, religious student body or even spiritual, things like eating in terms of um, making sure dietary restrictions are met, you know, our Muslim and our Jewish students, not to single them out. And even during Lent, right, our, our Catholic students, making sure that there are choices um, in the dining hall or for them to eat. So being advocates for that um, space on campus for people to do all kinds of things. So um, it, it's there's it's always evolving, mm-hmm. always evolving. You do have a lot of programs, and they're they're very uh, they're they're interesting. They're thought provoking. Mm-hmm. I participate in a few of them, and they're, they're they are very impressive. Thank you. What's the hardest part of your job? Ah, uh, meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came in, a, a, a big known thing was <clears throat> I tell people I don't like meetings, and uh, I am that 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 person. But I, I try to be present. And I know it comes with a job, right? I think sometimes the administrative part, I, I used to spend lots of time with students. That was my main thing. But luckily, I have a team of people who, who do that. But I do miss sometimes being in the midst of students uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, my students, though, will stop by and knock on my door and poke their heads in. But Yes, I, I think the, there's always that administrative load. There are always the reports, the meetings, and everything. And I have to run quite a few. You know exactly what I'm saying. So I miss that sometimes in person. Yeah. What, what do you have a goal? In other words, whether it's a short term or mm-hmm. even maybe more curiously, like a long term goal that in three, five, ten years when you leave, oh my goodness, or twenty maybe <laughs> yes. if you're lucky. Um, what what have you done? Like what what's what's changed because of your you know your work here? I want people to not be afraid to talk about religion or faith matters. A lot of folks are very very intimidated by that, or right, it's something deeply personal. There've been a lot of things that have gone on in you know the spiritual realm, and but I don't under I don't think that you can get away with not talking about it religion, spiritual, or faith, whichever way you look at it, has shaped a lot of who we are in this country and the world. Um, many things that go on have to are usually tied into faith aspects, right? We've had all those interesting conversations, regardless of presidents, about, oh, what do they believe in? What's their faith? I mean, when John F. Kennedy you know, ran, it's like, oh my goodness, there's a, a Catholic running um, for office. We have to have those conversations and we're so polarized. So, you know, unfortunately, right, um, I want people to be able to have a deep meaning to discover um, each other, to have conversations. And I would love to see that um, chaplaincies, and this happens all across the United States, that we're called, we're at the table instead of being called to the table when a mm. crisis or something happens and then we have to resolve it. I've said when I stepped in and I was talking to Dr. Cornwell about this when he interviewed me, I want to be at the table in the beginning so that you don't have to call me in the middle or the end when something could have might have been prevented or that we could have a conversation. Faith is messy. Yeah. I don't care how you look at it. It's messy. And you have to get in the mess in order to grow and yeah. understand. And we're not going to agree. And that's okay. Right. It's how we disagree. That's that's my my goal, man. Well, 
you figure that out. <laughs> that's uh, that's well, and you talk about the mess. So let's you mm-hmm. know wh- what are Rollins students doing mm-hmm. to participate in and support you know uh, Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. and the things you're talking about. And frankly, on the contrary, is is there any movement that you have to deal with or or be part of the conversation that is exactly opposed to a let's just say a Black Lives Matter movement? You always find that wherever you go um, with any type of movement or what have you, whether it's social justice, but our students are in the primary front forefront of that. You know, our Muslim students, our Catholic students, our, all of our students across the board care about social ju- justice. I mean, when the in terms of Black Lives Matter, we've had our our Jewish and our Muslim students reaching out to the Black Student Union mm. to say, what can we do? Um, any types of, of forces that come on, are, you know, a lot of people always ask me this, are our students engaged? Um, do they care about these movements? Yes, they care about voting. They care about um, people being discriminated against. They care about poverty. Um, and they're going to do just fine. Every generation has had their label or who they are. But our students are very passionate, and they're the first ones, the religious life students, are usually the first ones to reach out to each other. Um, Even, you know, I know this is such a a label, but, you know, our evangelical students and everything, you can unpack that which way. Um, In terms of that, they, everybody reaches out towards each other because there's a common good in each faith or belief system at the end of the day, believes in humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just wish sometimes there was more light shed upon that instead of the bad things that each faith or, you know, your faith did this and you do this mm-hmm. and you do this. And so therefore you must be this way. Right. Um, I'm a Baptist minister and everything. The first thing people look at me and say, you're uber conservative. Well, I also work in um, the interfaith realm, which I have been doing since I was in grad school and I love it. But I've been able to be appreciative of other things that faiths do. I enjoy a Shabbat service just like everyone else. I go, I've gone to Juma or Muslim prayers and have sat and prayed and listened to the sermons. You know, I've gone to pagan events um, in terms of just sitting and and, and, and and trying to get to know what people believe and being curious. Yeah. I just wish more people would be curious and ask questions. And also, we're going to mess up. We're going to have an ouch moment, as I say. Yeah. But having that grace to say, hmm, let me be curious about where you're coming from. And not everyone has the greatest intentions. Right. But I'm looking for those folks who are curious and those that we can educate each other. What, what's your integration with the faculty? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. your work as a, a you know, co-curricular, yeah. non-curricular program per se, and, and, and the work of the faculty. How do the two meet? Yeah, we, we do a lot with faculty. That's the fun part. I love working with faculty. <laughs> um, and I have it too. I've made it my intention at both my in other institutions. They, we have Interfaith Youth Corps, which we have faculty members. We're working on a program in terms of getting faculty involved or if they want to tra- be trained and learn more about how to have these hard discussions in campus. So we're really fostering that's coming out. Um, I just did something called Six Word Memoirs, um, uh, which is a program where you write how you're feeling in six words. Well, that was done with faculty in the English department. I reached out and they said yes. I reached out to folks in the library. 
um, mindful moments. Mindful moments. We have half my committee, which is, you know, each week we share a, a thing on mindfulness, a practice. The half, that, that really began with faculty, in all honesty. I asked faculty members first before I put together my community, um, my committee. And also I do a lot of talks. Faculty trust me to come in and talk about faith. Um, the fun part for me is I also do talks um, about differences, how to talk across difference. I, I, I do that for the communications department. Um, I go to a lot of first-year classes to pitch what we do so that people can have an understanding of our role on campus or my role on campus. So we really, I try to go to faculty trainings. Um, I get invited in and, and for me, that's, that's a really great privilege. And I try to reach out to faculty. You know, when I, when I, I hear of things and I try to call and say, how can I be of assistance? Can I, can I be a, um, you know, a spiritual assistance or do I need to come in um, and, and be able to, to talk? Yeah. So. That's great. That's that's so important. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's fitting, I think, especially to have you on the show today and this week uh, as we celebrated Martin Luther King yes. Day on Monday. Mm-hmm. And today is a presidential inauguration. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, if I may share, I mean, for people who don't know, you're a woman of color. Yes. And, uh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, what, what are Rollins students, you know, doing to support these two important days or this important week? And um, kind of from, from your lens, how, how has Rollins educated and, um, um, and engaged with these important moments in our life? I've, I've been really impressed with our Martin Luther King Day Week programming. Yes. I mean, there have been all sorts of speakers and um, all sorts of ways to be engaged in service, you know, immersion programs, what, you know, what have you. And I feel that it gives students a chance to open their eyes. I mean, today, inauguration, people will have the opportunity to watch and talk about that that's going on in classes. Um, so it's just an amazing kind of thing. I had a program on Sunday called The Read-In, where people, faculty, staff, and students read excerpts of Martin Luther King speeches and reflected on them. Um, President Cornwell kicked it off about matters in education, and I thought, wow, that's appropriate, right? (laughs) Um, Especially now. Uh, I think the whole thing is we're willing to have the conversations, and so it's not lost, right? And um, that, ironically, the inauguration, the first, what, African-American or Indian, depending on, on how how people look at women of color, yeah, multicultural, who yeah. is going to um, be vice president. That's not lost on that. And she's a product of a historically black college um, and in everything she brings that yeah. along though, being married to a, a Jewish man who will right. be the first, well, they were joking about that first dude. First second or, gentleman. Or first second gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not lost on, you know, on people and having that education having those conversations where we could sit and watch the inauguration and be on two different sides. I mean, uh, you know, there are are two major political parties and there's a third and depending on how you you look (laughs) at things, I mean, we have to have those discussions. And it's not lost on me too because I'm the first African-American, first woman and first Baptist to hold this position um, as dean. So. Um, that's not lost on me. Yeah. It's not lost on me at all. So I think there are a lot of historical moments and the fact that we can talk about those and try to have those discussions, that's so important. I love that. That is very important. What's what's your favorite place on campus? And it can't be the chapel or the <gasps> chapel courtyard. <laughs> My goodness. Jeez. 
Um, right behind, actually, CFAM, the Cornell Fine Arts Museum. Yeah. I, I like to, to go there. I think, um, and I've done programming with them, but sometimes when I need to just get away, I love art. Um, so sometimes when I just need to get away and, and walk, and sometimes I'll go behind the, uh, to walk on the water, to walk, not walk on the water. Oh my goodness, that's a Jesus <laughs> You are that reverend. <laughs> I wish I, I was, I would be leaving if I could do that and opening up shop and going on tour. Right. But I, I love going to, to CFAM as we call it, because I can have a quiet moment. Um, I can sit and just reflect. I could go outside. So yeah. Yeah. There is a sp- special and spectacular place right next to the chapel, mm-hmm. between the chapel and the theater. And, mm-hmm. and that space has always been this sort of quiet haven, yes. I'm sure, for your work and programming. Mm-hmm. But I think for people just to sit and, and you know, contemplate yes. and think and get away. And mm-hmm. uh, in the next seven months, it'll, it'll evolve into something very, very yes. different. Can you share a little bit about that? All right. So I there will be, first of all, in honor of Mr. Rogers, there is a commissioned statue reflecting his life and his interaction, of course, with the most important things, ch- children, yeah. right? Amazing. Around that will go a labyrinth. Um, for those who are not familiar, um, labyrinths are um, universal pattern in, in terms of where you can do spiritual walks. Um, one way in, one way out. A lot of people think of mazes when they think of labyrinths. Right. Um, mazes are a little bit different because you can go in and out different ways and they're dead ends. Um, the way we look at a, a labyrinth, it's, it's spiritual prayer or it's spiritual um, being able to enter in and, and walk. We've done all kinds of walks on campus already. We have a canvas one. We actually have three. And um, we've done programming over grief. We've done programming over being able to come together and do some healing. We um, have just done walks in the beginning of the year for students to set their intention for the year. We've done religious walks because the labyrinth doesn't involve doesn't belong to just one group or faith. You can use it everywhere. So yes, um, we um, pleased to announce we received a donor and who. Um, so it's going to go going wow. to go forward. And I'm really, really excited about that. It'll be spectacular. Yes. And um, as uh, as the unveil approaches for, uh, we think October. Yes. Uh, we'll be sure to t- talk more about it and uh, mm-hmm. and share more about both the sculpture and the and the labyrinth. Yes. I ask all Rollins guests this question, and so you have to answer it too. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> if you were president of Rollins for a day, and I got presidential <laughs> approval, by the way, to ask this question. Mm-hmm. If you were president of Rollins for a day, what, what would you do? Anything you would do differently or, or new? I, I know that perhaps oh, automatically that implies something new. wrong. But. Oh, my goodness. Um, first of all, I would park in Dr. Cornwell's. <laughs> Scooter, I would actually appoint myself a parking space for the day, even though that's not as much of a problem. You know, I, I would just, it's its interesting. I would probably be, I would cancel all meetings. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, I would probably do Fox Day number two. <laughs> you and Mickey Meyer. That was, I think, her answer, too. And I didn't even, we didn't even script that because <laughs> I wasn't fantastic. able to hear her. So just for, for our, our closing few minutes here, talk a yes. little bit about what do you do and what are you doing uh, personally and professionally in the community? I know that you have um, meetings with fellow clergy mm-hmm. and have people on campus. Mm-hmm. I know you go off campus. What 
What are you doing engaging Rollins and, yes. and yourself and the community? I'm very involved in the community everywhere we go. Um, I volunteer right now for Daily Bread, which is downtown, um, also in, in Winter Park and also in Paramore District. Um, I serve on the Board of Trustees for the Winter Park Library, so that's very exciting for me. And I also serve on the board for Hope Community Center um, in Apopka. I'm very passionate about Hope. I do programming, actually, workshops for Winter Park Health Foundation. Um, so I do um, spiritual workshops, retreats, one-day retreats for them, and, and labyrinth programming, actually. And so and on the side, I, I love to read and just interact and do anything cultural. Love, I love museums, so I make it a point to go to museums. And I was a part of Leadership Winter Park, yes, um, which I enjoyed immensely. So I was able to connect with a lot of people and um, just making sure that I'm a good steward. I, I don't take it lightly who I am and that when I'm in the community or even in Orlando, that even, even if it's just something in general that I represent Rollins, I mean, it goes with the territory. Even the grocery store, some people found out I, I work at Rollins and I'm the dean. Someone said, Reverend, and, <laughs> and I looked around and, and then the cashiers looked at me and they said, oh, you're yeah. a reverend. So um, you, I don't take it lightly, but I think it's important that um, you have to be involved. I'm a part of the Winter Park Ministerial Alliance, so we're doing some good work there. So I, I try to be involved and I try to get to know people um, because I think that's really, really important for us. No doubt. You have a busy schedule. What, what is it when you're out in the community, what is it that you find people are most surprised about Rollins? That we're, we can actually be the, we can be down to earth people. You know, there's always that perception where this ritzy school, <laughs> which, you know, we have different variances, right? Yes. But, um, I, like I said, too, I remember I invited some ministers to come on campus. I have a clergy breakfast. It didn't happen this year due to COVID. But I think they're shocked that, first of all, they get the invitation. They said, wow, I can come on campus. And I said, yes, you're more than welcome. I extend the hospitality to them. And I think when they walk around, that perception of, oh, this is what Rollins is versus what they really see yes. and understand, I think that's been the shocker. I said, yes, they're down to earth people. You are welcome on campus. It's not like we have walls. You know? Right. <laughs> but um, and our students and our faculty and staff are actually really great people. For this. <laughs> I mean, you have you have people in every spectrum, right? So. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the genesis of the show, frankly, is yes. that um, we have our colleagues at the Orlando Economic Partnership yes. and they have a great brand campaign called you don't know the, uh, Orlando, you don't know the half of it. Yes, that's uh, so I true. I think that there's a bit of that that uh, aligns quite well with Rollins, and I don't think people fully appreciate the um, the diversity of our uh, programs and yes. our people and um, and the quality of our uh, of our work, frankly, and, in and out of these walls of the campus. So, and we're stewards of what we have. Indeed, we are. Anything else you want a last word? Anything I didn't ask you about, or anything you want to share, or, or tell people about what's coming up? in your world or we're still mindful moments mindful moments is coming back um so that's uh an email each week where we're going to try and do some in-person programming we are working on a program right now we weren't able to do it due to COVID, but coming up um, in terms of releasing our grief from 2020 
and being able to have a healing pattern and going forth in our 2020 vision <laughs> and, and what have you. So there's some good things. Um, like I said, the faculty training on interfaith, it will involve some staff too. They'll have some opportunities as well to be involved. So, and it's just an exciting time, even with COVID, right? We've had to learn all the hardships of 2020. I'm not trying to um, discount those. I've had friends who've lost people and lost jobs and everything else like that. But 2020 also gave people to have a day of reckoning with themselves um, in terms of going and seeing what's really important. I'm seeing that kind of movement among my friends especially as people are deciding, do I really want to be in this career? Do I really want to be in this job? Is it time? I have a parishioner. She actually decided to go strike on her own and start a business. So there's creativity. And I think people need to see that, have that balance of, yes, there needs to be healing and we need to heal in different ways. But we also see what's the lesson from that. I try to see that in everything I do. Um, Failure is not a bad thing. Because from that emerges quite a few new things if you look around and see. Love it. Very well said. Well, Reverend Katrina Jenkins, thank you. Thank you for your great work at Rollins and uh, and in the community and for for joining me here this morning on Rollins Around Town. Thanks to everyone for listening. uh, To keep updated on our show and our guests, hope you'll follow us on Facebook at Rollins Around Town. We also are now officially... um, a podcast both on um, Apple iTunes and Spotify. So just search Rollins Around Town and subscribe and listen to all of our uh, past shows and and, uh, keep an eye on those. With that, we wish you a great day in Winter Park. Special thanks to Greg Golden for running the board for us today and hope everyone has a great day here in Winter Park. Thanks.